Someone else has already said it best. This is the best, the best of it. The best ones aren't as good as you probably think they are. What is best in life? I did the best I could. Doing my best. 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 Hello, hello, and welcome <laughs> to Best of the Best Podcast with myself, Connor Keyes, alongside me, as always, Mr. Ronan Neo Mullen. Morning afternoon. Morning afternoon and good night. Uh, yes, we are here with the, the one and only, The Matrix. Uh, another, is it our first, no it's not, it's our second maybe from the, the infamous 1999. Fight Club. Fight Club was our first, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so the, uh, I'm going to say iconic at this stage, uh, Matrix. Mm. Um, uh, probably, um, would it be Kelly Reeves' best, well, most well-known? See, I do about Point Break, but yeah. it's not even now he, that they, they pay in comparison to John Wick now, don't they? See, that's, that's what I was wondering. Has that overtaken now that? Uh, at the time, or him and Bram Stoker's Dracula, the four problem <laughs> one. No, <laughs> well, the Bill and Ted come back to you. See, I don't know. Yeah, so uh, yeah. Keanu Reeves, along with uh, Lawrence Fishburne, and uh, relatively unknown at that stage, Carrie Ann Moss. Yeah, where is uh, she now? I haven't seen her in recent. It's been a while. TV shows, seen TV her anything? Yeah, uh, the the film itself. I mean, it's it's probably one of the first proper internet viral marketing. Yeah, um, I remember the the lead up to it was immense, immense, in the same year Star Wars, in the same year Star Wars, and you had this thing just that said, "What is the Matrix?" Yeah, it was and incredible. It was so well done. the 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 peaked interest was everywhere. Yeah, it it was unavoidable. I mean, I have a very distinct memory of being at a party, and just. Everybody freaking out about Star Wars. M- sorry, me freaking out about Star Wars. And everybody going, tell me, shut the fuck up about Star Wars. It's shit. Subsequently, they were right. Yeah. That one is shit. But anyway, and some guy coming in who was like the boyfriend of a girl there, and I didn't know him. And he was like, you got to watch The Matrix, bro. And I was like, nah, I'm, nah, I'm at St- it's the summer of Star Wars. <laughs> and he was like, nah, you're missing something big and bad. And I refused to watch it. Because oh. I was so fucking Oh, thrown. no way. Right, okay. And then like the tail end of the summer when it sort of died down, I went to see it. I went, Fuck me! Mm-hmm. This is a whole other ball game. Yeah, I was very blessed to be in the middle of uh, a relationship, starting a, bl- a budding relationship at that stage. Oh, uh-huh. and uh, cinema was one of the actually cinema was the only date that you could do sober in Oma. Truth. Uh, I think it may still be. <laughs> truth. <laughs> truth. You and make, truth. You make yes. it. You make it a late night coffee. Now maybe that's about the height of it. Yeah. Uh, so yes, we'd seen a lot of stuff. So I'd been going and, but. Uh, even to get somebody like uh, my then girlfriend, uh, now wife, uh, thank to fuck you said it was Eber. <laughs> oh, <Jesus. laughs> like, to get her to go, I mean, I I dragged her along basically to it. I told her she thought I thought it's a tough sell to anyone. I, well, no, let's I, be honest, like, I, I was there maybe in the first 
you know, first week or two weeks in the cinema because I didn't know what it was, but I'd seen all the stuff on the internet. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when we say we've seen all the stuff on the internet in 1999, yeah. you need to remind people what that meant. <laughs> Took an hour and a half in the library, <laughs> yeah. three pound of your money, and all you seen was one second of a gift, yeah. or whatever the fuck it was. It, it was meant to be a quick time video, but it took so long to load, yeah. you just saw the start. You, you thought actually that was all you were seeing. That's all you were seeing. quick time logo was actually. And so, yeah, so I mean, the, the, the marketing that came to the, that built us up, so we went to the cinema not knowing what it was, and even to this day, She Would Class is one of our favourite films. It really was truly right. mind-blowing when mm-hmm. everyone did. Um, and I think it was, we were the right age, we were 17, whatever it was, and mm. internet was relatively new to us, but we had a good idea of the concept of it because we knew, unlike most of the young people today, we knew it came through the phone line. Yeah. You know, with obviously the dial-up and all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. So we had an idea of that, of how images could be portrayed through the phone line because we'd, we'd been using it since 1984. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had five full years mm-hmm. in the library, spent a fortune. Um, <laughs> we, had a, we had a bought Bitcoin. Uh, <laughs> oh man, I remember a guy telling me a story about the old LimeWire downloads. There was wee bits of Bitcoin in all of them. That's right, everyone Like has. in the files, yeah. had a wee tiny amount of it. Yeah. The amount of boys I knew it were flying through the old hard drive. So <laughs> it did, like, not a hope. Uh, so yes, the 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 idea of because I mean, as I say, the, the the marketing behind it was what is the matrix, and it took it takes you to watch the film to know what is the matrix. Uh, we'll try our best to describe it today. Even now, it's hard to describe because yeah. it's, it's taken on so many different connotations now of we're all in a matrix and yeah, know. and and I mean the film maybe as as if possible is even more relevant today. Yeah. The like one of the most popular subreddits on Reddit is a glitch in the matrix where people think they've saw something twice. <laughs> or something has changed that yeah. never it, it looks different now than it was before, and it's like a, it's like a common yeah. phrase yeah. that. But this, so this, I mean, uh, the whole notion of living in a some sort of computer program, yeah. it hasn't, it isn't a, a, it isn't a new concept. It wasn't the Matrix that made that up. No, it's no. been about for a while. It's, it's been talked been, about. Matrix is kind of it is referenced as cyberpunk mm-hmm. sort of stuff, isn't it? Yeah, um, and that's. Uh, it's a pretty good way of summing it up, but if you've never seen Cyberpunk, you don't know what, what that means. <laughs> no, but there's plenty of novels that have the, the Matrix, like, it's mentioned, in, uh, the yeah, Matrix, the word, yeah. and that that sort of concept is mentioned. I mean, the William Gibson, L.P. Davies, and Philip K. Dick have all said the Matrix in a book mm-hmm. with different meanings behind them, but all the same general yeah. concept. Because this was the same year as Truman Show. This was the, the same yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah the same sort of thing. Yeah. So there's a book in the film... When uh, Neo takes like his mini disc or whatever the fuck it is that's out right, of yeah. a book, it's hollowed uh-huh. out called Simulcra and Simulation. Yes, that's one of three books that the Wachowskis asked all the primary actors to read. That's right. They, they all had to before they started. Before they even look at the script, they, they they had to understand the concept yeah. before they read the script. Because if you read that script blind, you'd be like, "What?" <laughs> Which, by the way, is what happened to Will Smith. Because he was the yes. first one to get handed the script. So Will Smith, now we've always talked on before uh, on most films we do about who could have been cast. But is this the, not only who could have been cast, but oh fuck, what an alternative <laughs> choice to make. Yeah. Uh, so yes, ex- take us through this. So Will Smith so, was originally going to play the part of Neil. So Will Smith was first choice. And he has said this in a video, a vlog. Mm-hmm. He, he's talking about his past experiences in the movie industry and over lockdown and he was getting fan questions on Twitter or whatever social media and he was responding to them. Mm-hmm. So somebody said, I heard you were the first choice of the Matrix and he says, 
I'll tell you the story. The story is, Will Smith read the script. The Wachowskis told him not to read the script. They told him to read these three books and then read the script. Mm -hmm. He refused, read the script anyway. Of course he did. Didn't understand it and went with Wild Wild West. <laughs> That's what I mean. What an alternative. Now, <laughs> you're thinking, but you're Wild Wild West. Wasn't it's because they gave him the script in 1985. Yes, they had it for a while in production. And he had it for stuff. a long yeah. time. And then... Because of the length of gestation period between the film getting made and the script being read, he thought the film was gone. Mm -hmm. But it was under the radar because they were filming it in Sydney. So Keanu Reeves and Lawrence Fishburne and Carrie Ann Moss, Hugo Weaving are all in these fucking warehouses in Sydney getting their heads beat to them yeah. for five, six months of training to try to get fit for this film. And Will Smith just thought that meant the film wasn't getting made. So do you know <laughs> who the first choice for Morpheus? So you've got Will Smith... Oh, I did read this. Uh, Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. I knew, it was, I knew that was what I was thinking. So when I heard it, I thought, right, they've, they've obviously had to swap it around. They had a, a black Neo and, yep. and a white Morpheus, and I just switched it around. And that was the original right, okay. idea. So then Val Kilmer, because they still had the idea that they were going to go with the possibly an African-American lead, mm -hmm. they still had to go with the opposite, had to be Morpheus. Yeah, okay. The alternative to Val Kilmer was Russell Crowe. Oh. Who only that he said no. That's when it all went the other way. Right? No, I I can't dig Will Smith as Neo. I no. can't dig Val Kilmer as Morpheus. But I could dig Russell Crowe as Russell Crowe as Morpheus I could take, yeah. Um, but again, we'll always say this, I don't think anybody else could be Morpheus now. No. You know, if there was a reboot, no, no, you, not nothing that's, that's untouchable in that sense. And it needed that, that thing that Larry... Brings Larry Fishburne has got that tone mm -hmm. cadence, like it was perfect for this. It works to be that sort of in the film. I suppose he's seen as a prophet, isn't he? He's he's the, he's the guy who foresees that there is a, a a salvation coming. That's his purpose. Yeah, that's his. Uh, so but just well, to close that, just to close that off, Sandra Bullock was the first choice for Trinity. Oh, okay, right. So that would have worked. Yeah, but uh, it would have been with, with Will Smith. Yeah, well, I was going to say with her and Keanu, obviously together in uh, speed, but that would have worked. Uh, so the, the living in the programmed reality as I say it wasn't a new concept it's been about for a while and um, I think we have a clip here from I think it's 1977 yeah well uh, Philip K. Dick uh, who everybody should know as the author of Blade Runner and uh, last, the last Man in the High Castle and so many other fantastic sci-fi books darkly. was out of his fucking mind all the time yeah he took hence the scanner darkly hence the scanner darkly <laughs> he, he took a lot of drugs like mm. he was paranoid that the uh, Los Angeles Police Department were constantly parked outside his house until his neighbour told him that's his car that's a true story <laughs> there's a great interview with him on YouTube if you ever look it up in his house and it's at night because the documentarians were told you can only come and visit Philip at night <laughs> because he knows he can see the lights of the cars and who's coming and the interviewer goes how do you know it's who you think it is? It could be any car. And he goes, what do you mean any car? <laughs> <laughs> As in there's only one car <laughs> ever. We were, we were paranoid. Maybe so uh, Philip said a, like a press conference and he's talking out to all these, uh, little, you know, esteemed colleagues about his concepts. And this is one of them. We are living in a computer programmed reality and the only clue we have to it is when some variable is changed and some alteration in our reality occurs. We would have the overwhelming impression that we were reliving the present, deja vu, 
perhaps in precisely the same way, hearing the same words, saying the same words, I submit that these impressions are valid and significant. And I will even say this, such an impression is a clue that at some past time point, a variable was changed reprogrammed as it were and that because of this an alternative world branched off it's a so <laughs> if you if you think about that within the framework of what we're talking about yeah he he's saying that the world you live in isn't the real world yep and there is something that changed that you've noticed but you're refusing to accept it yeah and that's i, I do know still some people to this day who do not get it the matrix mm-hmm. okay uh, don't forget we're on yeah uh that oh, I was going to say, I know a lot of people who don't put them on them. <laughs> what? Really? There's people who don't? What? <laughs> the concept just completely bypassed them. But uh, the way I always look at it was, I mean, basically the Matrix is Sims. You, it, I'm so fucking glad you said that word. It's the word, it's the Sims game. It's the Sims. Yeah. Because so they're, they're imagining you're in this and you're being controlled exactly. and you're in the game, yeah. Bringing us right back to Mulker and Simulation, the book. Mm-hmm. One of three books, as we said, it was that book by Beaujolard, which was written in 1981. And then there was a book by Kevin Kelly called Out of Control. And then another book about evolutionary psychology. You had to read them three books mm-hmm. to get the basic concepts of what the Matrix is about. But Simulacra and Simulation is about concepts. Right. So God is a simulation. Mm-hmm. Okay. The image we have of God, that picture of whatever Christ figure or God, isn't what it is. No. But it's what everybody now thinks it is. Yes. But if you ever read the text, it's got nothing to do with that. No. So uh, what Beaujolard was saying was the concept of God is the same as the concept of Disneyland. It doesn't exist the way you think it exists. <laughs> All the tales you were told about Cinderella and Snow White, and the South, they're not how them tales were told originally. No. Like Hansel and Gretel is horrible. It's about cannibalism and all this, but they've spun it into something else. So it's the idea of simulation to make you more comfortable. Yes. The when reality is way more harsh and... We'll not get into the conspiracy theory of it, but it's, it's, <laughs> no, it's, it was the basis of the Operation Mockingbird. Yes. With the intelligence agencies working with Hollywood to try and just sort of put those themes in. Placate the yeah. whole norm. Um, but yeah, that whole princess thing. I mean, the Disney princess, you know, a, woman, a woman needs to just hang about and wait and be saved by a man. Of course. Uh, and that's the narrative that's been pushed to every child since uh, since Disney. Every wee girl goes dressed up as Cinderella mm-hmm. or Snow White or Sleeping Beauty or whatever, and they're all getting saved by men of some guys. Mm-hmm. And that's a simulation. Yeah. That's not real. No, absolutely not. But I don't mean real in the concept of a cartoon isn't real. I mean real as in the idea isn't real. Yeah, that's not the real world, yeah. No, and but, but we, we go in there and go, oh, don't you feel so happier being in Disneyland? You're like... And really? thankfully in the 21st century, you're now, well, I know I am raising my daughter to make sure you need nobody. You mm-hmm. just need yourself. You need to be independent and strong enough. Uh, but yeah, you can sort of see where those things came from. But the themes then of of this film then, so you have uh, Mr. Anderson. So Keanu Reeves plays uh, Mr. Neo. Neo Anderson. And Neo is his hacking name. And it's sort of, again, 1989, which was us leading into Y2K. Remember whenever we thought computers couldn't tell the time? That's right. <laughs> nobody <laughs> thought of the concept nobody of, thought of the, the next... The clock just century, moving on yeah. to the next one, yeah. Um, so we had, we still had this major fear of machines in 1989. Uh, the idea then that this world has been created by machines. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other way to describe this, the, the, the Matrix thing is the world that was described in Terminator. Yeah has been taken over by machines, blah, blah. Mm. So this is just 
in Terminator, but what did the machines do when they got control? <laughs> That's basically just... We're going to listen to a clip in a minute, so I don't want to read too much, but basically what happened is we tried to fight back. Yeah. We blocked out the sun. The machines went, fuck all you. So, you know, and even in the film, and I never thought about it till now, there's a scene where one of the fucking free people turned around in the real or in the, the Matrix uh-huh. and points a gun at Keanu in the back of the seat, the girl with the bleach blonde hair, yeah. and she says something, blah, 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 copper top. Oh. Copper top's top of a battery. We're all a battery. And I never put it together. I never clicked no. that either. The wee nub on top ah, of your the top of the batteries. <laughs> there you are. Copper. Every day's a school day, Mr. Mullen. Isn't it? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the Morpheus and his team are are hoping to come and take Mr. Anderson out of the real world. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the problem, is that he doesn't know he's in a fake world, just like us today. We don't know we're living in a simulation. I mean, you don't know? No, we don't know. I mean, we don't even know if we are real. What? And I know I'm... What? I don't know about the other 30 versions of us in different <coughs> multiverses, but we'll stay in this multiverse at the moment. I know Wheels and Skittles <laughs> and Pints of Start are real. Fanta's not. But Fanta's not. Push. <laughs> Just push. The idea then that the machines, obviously, if they are running the simulation, what they are using us for is power. Yes. So we are literally, as you said, batteries. But they don't want to li- have us live in an ideal world because our brains wouldn't be able to do that. Well, as we find it. out in later times, yeah, they tried to do it. They thought, okay, um, they they thought if we give them everything, abundance and happiness, well, then they'd be okay. But it still, that didn't work. No, they say it didn't work because they say humans couldn't handle that. But I don't know. We can handle pints and skittles, no bother, all day. Skittles and pints. <laughs> Pretty much it. That's all you need. That's all you need. All the body needs. <laughs> all the nutrients the body needs. No, don't So in don't. order to, uh, you basically then, you, they, they showed you a clip which sort of looked like the, the was it Metropolis or Metropolis, the, the film uh, scene of the, the tires of humans in pods. Yes. And, and obviously these are powering the machines. But then while you're in this pod, you're plugged in to yeah. the Matrix. So... Like we are today. Like we're plugged in now, we're walking about. But yeah, yeah, you have to be alive for your, whatever the unit is that's used to power the machines. Yeah. You have to be active and be your mind be active for the batteries to, to power. So for instance, for us, like I'd have a big pod and you'd have a long pod. Yes. Um, I'd say you'd be above me. For, what do you mean? Like you were in there first? No, no I'd be I was, below you. Oh, you'd be below me because you I were was first. Born. Right, I would be above you then. Right, okay. You'd probably be a wee bit away. Like. I was wondering what that scraping noise was last night. Swear to God, you fucking torture me. I ah, giving it the fucking... <laughs> Let yeah, me out. Ever, ever. Third mad sleep. Morpheus is coming. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Grandma stopped eating bacon in the bathroom. <laughs> dreams. <laughs> uh, cheesy dreams. Every night. Mom never stops eating cheese in the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so these uh, then we have basically the machines representatives, which are known as agents, mm-hmm. which basically are in movie world they're the feds. Yes, they are the suited guys or the men in black, maybe mm-hmm. type of thing. They're suited with the sunglasses and they control everything, and anybody can be an agent. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have a clip here. We'll we'll skip on a bit because we have a clip later on in the film where one of the agents played by the delectable. Hugo Weaving, yeah, who love like he hams it up, but chews it up big time. Like he takes every fucking scene is unreal. Uh, but again, he sort of gives a pretty good description of uh, why the machines hate humans so much. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'd like to share a revelation that I've had during my time here. It came to me when I tried to classify your species. I realized that you're not actually mammals. Every mammal on this planet instinctively develops a natural equilibrium with the surrounding environment, but you humans do not. You move to an area and you multiply and multiply until every natural resource is consumed. And the only way you can survive is to spread to another area. There is another organism on this planet that follows the same pattern. Do you know what it is? A virus. The human beings are a disease, a cancer of this planet. You are a plague. Whoa. He's, he's got us nailed there, boy. Can't talk about a virus. Take off in the Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when you said that, like, that had happened? It did. It did, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mom had taken off internet. <laughs> not allowed Not wifi. allowed internet. Turned the Wi-Fi off after 11. <laughs> the, <laughs> so the agent, uh, and this is sort of what we see throughout the Matrix is this uh, agent who who sort of becomes the arch nemesis of Neo. Yeah. Even though there's um, three, or there's multiple, multiple them, but there's but three specific characters. Yeah, three, three, three actors, basically. Uh, but the, the two other boys look spectacularly similar. Very similar, yeah. very similar. I think that might have been done on purpose. Uh, so, yeah, so we have uh, Neo working in a, or Mr. Anderson, as he is in real world, or, or in the Matrix, working in a, an office block. But by night, he is a hacker mm -hmm. um, for money. Yeah. And on this certain occasion, he gets a message on his screen. Um, asking him questions and then ultimately saying follow the white rabbit mm -hmm. uh, which leads him then to follow a girl with a tattoo of a white rabbit on her neck and this is all sort of leading you to because at, still at that stage when you're watching the film you still don't know what it is you it's pretty it's, formulaic then you're, yeah, you're going you're I know going, where this is going yeah this is like oh it's going to be a, another hacker because I like the hackers that came out in 95 96 fucking brilliant for them <laughs> great show hack the planet man <laughs> Uh, but like that, you thought, right, there's going to be another, as you say, cyberpunk or whatever, yep. you know, same sort of uh, formula, but then it does obviously change. And like life changing change, it doesn't. I've never slept right since. <laughs> it doesn't, like, like there's no way you could see it coming. Like, no. and I'm telling you, not even one turn, there's about nine turns where mm -hmm. you're, you fuck me at what? It, it was, uh, it's been a while since I've watched the film got where I am just completely engrossed mm -hmm. because you need to be. And there's you, plenty of films that copied it. Loads of like, yeah, so you, you could f easily just steal the concept, but nobody's ever been able to get close. No, and and, uh, and we, uh, we have been, say, even the Wachowskis themselves haven't came close with the sequels. No, and uh, we have been remiss of us not to mention the Wachowskis, um, who obviously are uh, uh, siblings who have. Well, they they didn't really do much before this. Well, they they did, had done, was it? They, they've done bound. They bound. wrote assassins. And right. it got butchered, mm -hmm. but it was still saying. Basically, they were asked in '82 to write a comic, yes, and just do whatever you want because they were they were big fans of anime and kung fu films mm -hmm. and sci-fi, and you know, and they had a lot of knowledge. And basically, the two guys come together to form one fucking head. Like, mm -hmm. so they wrote this comic, and it was the Matrix, and they used all their influences. So, major influence in all this is Ghost in the Shell, 
Mm-hmm. They've nicked entire sequences from the anime film Ghost yes, in the Shell. Right, yeah. uh, it's a brilliant film. Mm-hmm. And even the the computer coding, that's all from Ghost in the Shell. Like now they developed an original version of that, but yes. the concept the of having the coding line, yeah. as the matrix is The guy I mean, I read about the guy who, who created that text. Mm-hmm. Um he, he 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 tells people that it's um sushi items on a menu. His wife was Korean or something, yeah. I, and he found it. But it's a, it's a mixture of two or three different fonts that he has halved and joined together mm-hmm. and just flowing together. Because uh, now again, again, it's so iconic, that type of text or that flow of text coming from top down to bottom in the green, mm-hmm. um, the sort of tone of the, of the green as well. Even though it looks like it, does, it hasn't aged. No, it, it, it even though it's meant to be an old-looking mm-hmm. code, yeah. So be, again, like I said, Ghost in Ghost in the Shell, when the Wachowskis landed in '84 with a script to Warner Brothers, they said we're going to need a lot of money because this is going to be a trilogy. Mm-hmm. This was this wasn't a throw throw together a sequel after the fact because it's a successful thing. Yeah, the this was always start, a sequel. Yeah. yeah. So they had two stumbling blocks. The first one was we can't hand no uh, directors writers who've never directed a fucking film sixty five, seventy five, eighty million dollars like. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to do something. And we're not convinced that the film's going to work. So I went, right, we're going to do a film. So they did the script for Bound, shot the film Bound. It's a great film. Yeah, great show. But they also got the graphic designer who did that f- uh, hard-boiled, the Frank Miller one. What's okay. his name again? Jeff Darrow. To do an entire storyboard of the entire film. Yeah, seeing that, it was like a 100-page storyboard He did or a yeah. full storyboard of every scene. And they just acted it out for him. Mm-hmm. And he wrote... Like, and that hardboard book is unbelievable. And he did every detail, how the Nebuchadnezzar looked and, you know, mm-hmm. all that. So they were convinced. But then they said, watch Ghost in the Shell. We're making a live version of that. And they went, right, whatever amount of money you want, go. Yeah. So that was all that needed to be convinced. And I oh, think and subsequently they did make a Ghost in the Shell live action film with Scarlett Johansson. That's right. Yeah. And it's shit. Yeah. Pure maniac. They never, uh, they actually were still a bit dubious until they seen the opening I would well believe it because it, no matter how convinced you are, yeah, they still didn't get the concept. But once it was sent, they were like, "Right, you've got the money. Go." That's a hail mary yeah. of a fucking guess. Like, but what a payoff! I mean, that opening scene, you know. So oh you've got Trinity because again, if you remember us in the cinema, or you remember watching for your very first time, you, you don't know what's going on. But then this something happens in the middle, of it and you're like, "What the fuck was that?" Yep. Which we now know, obviously, is bullet time. Yep. But at that time, it was what the fuck time. Yeah. Because that's a that's a CGI effect, and you're like, well, it, it is, but it isn't, it isn't because it didn't. They still stayed within <coughs> the person, and they turned around, and it yeah. went slow, and it really was mind blowing. Uh, it's done to death now, and it's been it's satired and parodied and fucking everything. But at that time, at that moment, the very first time watching, you're like, what the fuck is this? And this is the start of the film. Yeah, it's a very opening scene, so you can see why obviously they they committed to the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. There's a campaign, basically, from Morpheus and Trinity to try and take Neo out of uh, the Matrix and save him because Morpheus has had a, a a vision, a prophecy that Neo is the one. Absolutely. Um, and I don't know if he just did that because Neo is like an anagram of one. What? What do you mean? Maybe he just went, what if I scrambled up? Three letters of one. But sure, the like one? T-H-E, isn't it, Neo? Come on. Oh, you don't need to put in T-H-E, do you? Fuck. 
So you then have uh, this sort of, uh, if you want to call it the, the, the training montage type of thing, um, it's leading towards that is when, uh, when Rocky first gets convinced to, to go and fight. Okay. <laughs> okay. You basically have this, uh, this talk, you know, and it's again become maybe more so in the last two years, but it's become such a, a well-known phrase, which is the red pill mm-hmm. or the blue pill. Uh, at the time, again, those phrases didn't exist. No. So red pill or blue pill were just red and blue pills. Yeah. <laughs> now they mean something completely different. Mm-hmm. And that's thanks to, thanks to this film. So they, they, uh, when they finally go to meet Neo, Morpheus has a wee sit down uh, in the leather chairs. Mm-hmm. And very, very seductively, <laughs> as he always does. There's a lot of leather going on. A lot of leather, a lot of dulcet tones mm-hmm. and soft spoken. Do you want to know? And, well, here he is. Do you want to know what it is? The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now, in this very room. You can see it when you look out your window, or when you turn on your television. You can feel it when you go to work. When you go to church. When you pay your taxes. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. What truth? That you are a slave, Neo. Like everyone else, you were born into bondage, born into a prison that you cannot smell or taste or touch. A prison for your mind. Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill, the story ends, You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. Or you take the third pill and we can get winged in here. Listen to some fucking beats. <laughs> so the, uh, yeah, the police. Because that's bound to be part of what he was thinking there was everybody here's on drugs. Like. <laughs> have to be, yeah. When's, when's the beats coming in? <laughs> the, the very notion then, uh, which again is a reference, I mentioned the White Rabbit, but also the Alice in Wonderland reference. Then again. Yeah. Uh, and this is now the thing of you take the red pill. So this is where... Uh, you eat me, drink me, eat me, drink me. So you have then become uh, taking the red pill is you've agreed to then be shown the truth. The themes behind all this, mm-hmm. there are so many things that you can relate to. Uh, you know, the Christ was one of the big ones. Yeah, that you know this idea of Neo being a, 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 
a modern day telling of the story of Christ. Mm-hmm. Because as we find out sort of later on, he kind of is, he kind of does come from the Virgin. You know, he doesn't appear, you know, or he yeah. doesn't be conceived in that sense. Uh, you've got the so many Bible references within us. You know, mm-hmm. the Nebuchadnezzar, mm-hmm. which is Morpheus's ship, uh, is another Bible reference. Loads of names. Obviously. As is Morpheus. As is Morpheus, yeah. yeah. And so there's loads of things. You've also got the idea that we are actually slaves mm-hmm. um, and we are debt slaves, which is technically what we are. Yeah. <laughs> we we, we uh, are born into it and that's just all we know. So there's uh, so many things going on and this is all still happening. If, it's, if you've never watched, well, you have watched it, but you haven't watched it in a while, Remember all the things that are happening. This hasn't even kicked in yet. Hasn't even, hasn't even started the film no, no. properly. Like so, this is just leading into that. You're taking all them sort of uh, what would you call them? Them sort of philosophical ideas, and your mind is fucking blown. And then you get into kung fu. Uh, then we get into <laughs> Eastern <laughs> philosophy. Mean? Yeah, so yeah. you're into that. And now, in the middle of all this, you have the, some of the choreography of the fighting done by yeah. Wen Wu Ping. We got to talk about Wen Wu Ping for a minute because. Young Wu Ping, they were inspired by his work. Now, he has been a director and a stunt choreographer and a fight choreographer forever. Uh-huh. They were inspired by stuff he'd done with uh, Jet Li on Fist of Legend. That was 1984. They were like, how are we going to get somebody to do? And then they watched this Fist of Legend, which is a more Hollywood spin on a kung fu mm. martial arts film. And they went, well, that looks exactly like what we're aiming for with the fight scenes that we have. Young Wu Ping... Directed Drunken Master, the Jackie Chan. Did not. He directed it in 1974. Never 1978, sorry. Easily top five oh, martial arts films for me. I haven't seen that in years. Now, I don't know who came up with the concept for Pest Fighting <laughs> in Asian films, but I'm I, down with it because it's way more loving probably and somebody, sexual than, than John Street Pest Fighting. Somebody, probably, probably somebody from Sally's. It's also, remember in Drunken Master, there's an old beggar who's really <laughs> annoying. You know, that's his father. Oh, right. That's Young Wu-Ping's father. His name, and you know the way in the old films they would call, like Jackie Chan wasn't called, he was called the kid. And, yeah, you know, yeah. Young Wu-Ping's father's called Old Dirty. Oh, no. Where Old Dirty Bastard got his name from. <laughs> Jesus. So no he's yeah. Old Dirty and they refer to him as Old Dirty. So when he's doing the fight simulator. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he keeps loading in. I know Kung Fu. Well, this is, yeah. So, I mean, basically the idea is once you come out of the Matrix and you know the Matrix is false, you then can be trained. Yes, it can be programmed, programmed into you. Programmed into you. And again, we kind of understood that because the joy of us dealing with the internet in 1989 was it was very basic. Uh, yes. So you were aware of installing software and you're aware of updates and you're aware of things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this idea then that you could learn how to do kung fu or learn how to do anything just by the flick of a button <laughs> just by the flick of a button and one of the fight styles is drunken boxing that's right yeah it's up there so it's, boxing. it's, it's all full circle all we know to uh, because all the nebuchadnezzar stuff was shot after yes they did that because he had, had to shave obviously because he had to shave and he, yeah. he looked more emaciated than he did in the matrix um and the, that there again when he came out of the pod um was quite a graphic thing because it was quite scary it was seen very scary amount of pods of uh, other humans Oh yeah And then taking that thing Out of his oh, throat fuck. Oh lordy the, So the, I mean You then uh, He's Neo's Recruited If you want to call it that Or head hunted And taken out of The, the Matrix But he's still not 100% He's still not there Even though he's there yeah. He's still not convinced he, That A Because the mind is so Of polluted. course it's, it's so strong It's like a fucking Steel cage Like 
Thankfully, we're we're so strong-willed today that could never happen. <laughs> Fucking right, man. And nobody could take over our thoughts and make us think things. No way. So the <laughs> Wuhan flu, <laughs> the Wuhan Wuhan clan. Wuhan. <laughs> yes, that's what I said. Uh, you've got then the, the the that very notion. So it takes them a while to come around from that, uh, and then you get into the the training montage, which is the fighting thing, but also the jump sequence, yes. um, which again is such a because at the start of the film, when the, the the Trinity chase and all the rest, that's one of the things that when you very first realize that this isn't a normal action film, mm-hmm. is when she jumps over the three lanes point. of traffic, yep. buildings, and she's getting chased over rooftops, and the cops only stop and go, "Whoa, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not doing that jump." So Neo was then put to the test for for his actual uh, jump sequence, which <laughs> everybody because they all believe Morpheus is prophecy everybody's thinking he is the one so he's going to do it nobody's ever done mm-hmm. it before and the, uh, of course he fails then so it's about that whole thing and back to the christ thing about doubting your role and doubting this so there's all that sort of shit so there's mm-hmm. very very smart stuff to the point i'm not gonna lie you would need to watch it four or five times to catch everything now i think i've seen it maybe realistically i could see it about 15 20 times since because it's never off like, like the sky but it's one of those films that when it's on you're like i'll oh, just take it on it's it's not something you can turn off easily, I will admit, but no. Joey Pants is Joey in this Pants film. Is fucking brilliant too. And Joey Pants is the most skeptical fucker from minute one about <laughs> absolute levering. He's sitting drinking at the console and all, and <laughs> drinks. He's just doubting everybody. Yeah. So it's no it's no you, the way his fate befalls, it's no fucking surprise. Mm. But w- when when Morpheus starts to sort of See that Neo, uh, when the fight's in the when the two are fighting, Neo starts to get faster and faster. Mm. And the other crew are starting to mention things like his, whatever, the numbers are his off the scale. Synapses you know, synapses and all this crap. You know, yeah. and all this means that's different than everybody else. Mm-hmm. So you start as a the viewer to go, so he could be the one? Is he the one? <laughs> Is he the one? But then he, there's a, there's a scene, I think we've got the audio for it, where he starts to tell us how this all happened. Yeah, because we don't get a, an actual because uh, you're just like rationale as to why, why why are we in the real world? Why is there a matrix? What, yeah, what the why fuck did it ever happened? come about in the first place? And like you mentioned earlier, the whole idea of you know the the fucking Terminator concept of the machines fought back mm-hmm. starts then, starts to become you know our reality in this film, and you start to understand it more. But I'm I would I would say to myself if if it wasn't for the likes of Terminator, yeah, and if you weren't like a sci-fi cyberpunk you know reader of the book. Be a hard concept to grasp. I think so. Yeah, I do believe we definitely had a. a, a, a we thing. were softly, very ushered softly into ushered in with T two and stuff like that, because uh, that was Skynet, and you know, all yeah. we were the idea that machines could take over. Yeah, as as a very basic concept mm-hmm. had been given to us before, so it wasn't new in that sense. But it hadn't been delivered this way before. No. Not even T two, no. which was mind blowing at the time. But uh, this w- this was just a different level altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, but. This is him in the sub level. This is him. <laughs> this is him going for mine fuck number eight. And we're gonna be thirty minutes in. Welcome to the desert of the real. We have only bits and pieces of information, but what we know for certain is that at some point in the early twenty first century all of mankind was united in celebration. We marveled at our own magnificence as we gave birth to AI. AI? 
mean artificial intelligence? A singular consciousness that spawned an entire race of machines. We don't know who struck first, us or them, but we know that it was us that scorched the sky. At the time, they were dependent on solar power, and it was believed that they would be unable to survive without an energy source as abundant as the sun. Throughout human history, we have been dependent on machines to survive. Fate, it seems, is not without a sense of irony. Whoa, Whoa dude. Uh, there's more of that, like, but I mean, that's where he goes on to explain that basically the concept of we are human batteries. Yeah, without the sun, the machines figured out they could use us for energy. Yeah, and they just grew us and harvest us. Um, and again, so again, you're still seeing this, you know, uh, really out there concept. Yeah. Um, and yet, so out, but somehow relatable. Yeah. It, it, it really did play with people's minds. And I assume that's what really got under people's skin and got made it so popular, along with all the sort of bells and whistles that came with it. Mm-hmm. What's the special effects, the sound, all that sort of yeah, stuff? Yeah. But the core concept of it definitely brought people back. Oh, absolutely! And at the time, and you blew our minds in a way. Um, just could not wait to get seen it again. I couldn't wait to go to school and watch ranchers try to do bullet time because I thought it was something <laughs> that you could do. Bullet time, there, but you fuck me back. <laughs> bullet timed her. He threw a frisbee man. A bullet timed it. No, you fucking didn't, Francis. In the back, in the no. back of the back of the canteen. <laughs> <laughs> threw the tray at me. The dinner tray at me. And a fucking bullet timed her. <laughs> but yeah, from everything from Simpsons to Shrek to you know everybody everything. has parried it now since then. But everything. But but that was the Wachowskis. Obviously, I mean the vision they had. Because well, they were always their... pushing things out uh, in regards to. They were talking about this before where. They had watched, who was it they were watching? Somebody did music videos. Michelle Gondry. Gondry. The Smirnoff advert. Yes. And that. The bullet cuts through the glass and everybody's moving around it and the camera's moving the other way and it looks amazing. I don't know, go back and watch that. Actually, I forgot about the Smirnoff ad. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so they were watching those sort of uh, advertisements, showing them camera tricks, I suppose, in that sense. Yeah. And how to really play about with the shot you have. But a lot also of it was moving CGI. through it. A lot which, of it was CGA. Yeah. But what they wanted to do was have the CGI as the background. The physical effect is in the middle the with person. a real person. Yeah. And nobody had ever considered that concept. But your boy John Gita mm-hmm. did. Now, right. he's an independent visual effects person. Like, he didn't work for fucking, you know, ILM or any of the big studios. He worked for a place called Manex Visual Effects. They won the Oscar for this, like. Yeah, they got four Oscars, I think. They got four so, Oscars. For, all for, like, edit or for sound, sound effects and, and yeah. Yeah, special effects. But, I mean... I can't think of a time in recent history without there being major upsets that the Oscar was as deserved as this. Mm-hmm. That could change the fucking whole framework of yeah, visual effects. Absolutely. And then, you mean, because this is the other thing too, we talk about cyberpunk, we talk about sci-fi, talk about kung fu, there's major fucking actions. Oh, big time. Our actions are major action and major guns. We, we, need, we need guns. We need guns. <laughs> fucking remember when you seen that scene? Oh, scene whenever that going, happened, it was... Oh, boys. I'm never going to get all these guns well, in the pants. I, I never thought Commando could be taken to the next level. <laughs> oh. Remember when he armed himself up and he went into that right? f- fucking, the, 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 the gun shop? I was like, there's nothing there's ever going to be. And then this fucking shelves upon the supermarket just appears beside Neo of guns. Uh, and then you have the, the gun fight, which wasn't really a fight. It was just Neo killing the people. 
Um, Kicking away, boys. Uh, in the in the foyer of the, the building where they're going mm-hmm. to try and, we'll not give away the, the, the storyline, but they, they go and try and save somebody. Uh, and that's, that opening scene as well, if you think of the uh, the wire work and the sort of mm-hmm. bullet time that was happening, but then the amount of shells of guns that were put, or bullets <laughs> that were put out. I mean, there's a lot of sound going on there, a lot of fucking, I mean, I wish it was in the cinema again. I would love to go see it again because well, the noise did was. Did you get the 4K box set? Because I did. It came no, out and it was like it was like twenty nine ninety nine for the whole lot. And I went, oh, I didn't see mm. that. I have it in Blu Ray, but I never got somewhere for 4K yet. There's a 4K also HD with a Blu Ray, but I seen it there recently and went, fuck, I might, you know. But it's just the thought of having to watch them other two fucking brings well, me to mind. We're, we're, we're talking about the Matrix. It just pisses in my mind. Uh, the the sort of the fight then is obviously. Agent Smith, played by, as we heard earlier on, Hugo Weaving, mm-hmm. is really gunning for them now, now because they're seeing something different. Yeah. They're, they're, they don't know what it is, but they recognize Neo is somehow different yeah. and they don't know what it is. Uh, that concept that Philip K. Dick talked about, the deja vu, there was a lot of things in that that sort of made us, because we've all suffered deja vu, not suffered, but experienced it. Yeah, of course. Uh, but the idea is in the film and in the Matrix, it means something has been changed. Yeah. So the program or the computer code has been changed and that's why you're seeing the second and that instance, second cat. Uh, and that again was a great idea, you know, a great concept of going, let's, let's give the audience a sort of their own relatable thing, which mm-hmm. was the deja vu because we all, all had it. Yeah. Uh, none of us know what it is. We, we know it was left and right brain sort of thing, but mm-hmm. this thing going, and I'm like, oh, every time it happens, I'm like, oh, there's another change. <laughs> That's the glitch in the room. Yeah, yeah, of course. Somebody fucking hit the enter button wrong too early there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the, even the, the when it shows the, the what you heard the audio, the red pill and the blue pill, mm-hmm. having them in one in each glass, a in lot of eyes. a lot of reflection. Well, a big they thing, say isn't it? that the reason they all wear glasses mm-hmm. when they're in the matrix, you know, as free people, it's their firewall. Ah, okay. So once the glasses come off, firewall, you're open. susceptible. Mm-hmm. Like when. Uh, when Agent Smith is talking to Morpheus, the audio we played, remember he takes the glasses off to talk to him? Mm-hmm. That's when he's vulnerable. Yeah. So even the machines without a firewall are vulnerable. And the earpiece, when it has the earpiece out, so that's it's when the he disconnects himself, yeah. It's a whole, con- like everything's a, like the bit where, which is a great scene, when Neo starts to figure out that he is, he, he could possibly be the one, he's about to go and see the Oracle. Mm-hmm. Like they put him back into the Matrix again and he's in the car and he's looking out the window like, none of this is real. Like yeah, because so he's real. Yeah, because he says, so. I, "I've ate noodles. I've got noodles from there mm-hmm. before," and then he's just looking at nothing, and he's thinking, "All oh, my memories aren't real. Yeah. They, they weren't real. None of them, like none of them exist anymore." And you start going, "Fuck! Mm-hmm. This is a different concept than most concepts." And, and actually, to be honest, with you, it it does make you question your own, not your life, but it's just like, who would you be in that movie? Mm. And I would be Joey Pants. I'd love to be Joey Pants in that film because I'm not gonna lie to you. That's the fucking best looking steak I've ever seen in a film. So Joey Pantoliano, that's why we just say Joey Pants. Joey Pants. Uh, he is Cypher. Mm-hmm. And Cypher basically is, uh, well, if you, well, if you're this far in the podcast um, and you haven't watched the show, good luck to you. So he, he is the, he's the tout. He's the one who turns them in and gives their location within the Matrix. And uh, But the scene of him in the restaurant eating the steak and looking at going, I know. Mm-hmm. The, the steak isn't there. I know it's the Matrix telling me, but fuck, it's a good steak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't know. I it's it's it, it asks and begs a bigger question of society, even right up to today. You know, do you want to know? 
Yeah. You know, would you prefer to go on just wait, or do you want to know? Mm-hmm. And most people are like, nah, I'm okay. I don't I don't need to know. But then there are some people like, I need to know. Um, but then I wonder, would you be like Cypher and going, I wish the fuck I didn't know? Well, he says, I I know I didn't want to know, but I know mm-hmm. now. But he says to the agent he wants to go back. He wants Pug back. So again. there is a way to go back in. Yeah. And I want to remember nothing. And he wants, and he wants to, remember, to be a famous I, movie star. He wants to be a famous movie star <laughs> and he wants to just have all the bells and whistles but not have any of the burden of knowing what's what, real. Which does explain, you know, Brad But Pitt then if that concept stuff. exists as humans, we would just be hopping in and out every week. <laughs> Tights all over the place. Oh, Tight and flat out. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I'd be at it all the time. I want to go and learn Kung Fu. Nah, I want to go back now and eat steak. I'd be at it all week. <laughs> So you've got then what's film one out of the three, but film one mainly focuses on Neo's journey to discovering who he is, which ultimately uh, comes to conclusion when there's a massive fight with, of course, the dreaded agents. Because that's the one rule he's been told. When you see an agent, you run. Yeah. Because they cannot be beat. No. They're part of it. They'll just rejuvenate. It's it's a constant. Yeah. And I mean, I always looked at it because of the computer term of things. I always say, well, they are the antivirus. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, if they see you as the virus, they're the antivirus, and they will not stop until the, the virus is dealt with. Exactly. And, uh, but there's always one virus gets out. Always one. Always one's better than the other, because mm-hmm. they're always upgrading. Uh, so Neo, then, the battle he has, but he's also then, there's a bit of a romance happening with, with Trinity, mm-hmm. which is totally explainable, understandable, sorry, I should say. Um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of tight leather and stuff. Um, Keep going. You can understand, you know. Well, here, I, I, didn't I mean, think at the very start... You're going, that doll in that leather trousers, Lethal. And then she laps up in there, and you're like, and spins around and kicks the fuck I, out and of her. And you're, you're going, just, oh, how long am I now? This is not Catwoman. No. But she's a Catwoman. Catwoman. <laughs> there is, there's many different themes and concepts in this film that are not difficult to grasp, but hard to, you know, foresee. It's got a, it's got a sort of, it's got an ideal that I think the sequels ruin, but mm. this film on its own. It's just so fucking, like, every conceivable notion of a film, it hits all of them. Yeah, absolutely. Like, even if you're just watching this as a great action film, it works. If you're watching it as a deep sci-fi film with lots of themes and philosophies, it works. Yeah. You know, it all works. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, uh, uh, the luck of it, too, as well, mm-hmm. it has not dated. As you see, when you get it with the 4K, it, it holds the test of time. It does hold. And that's a rarity to find something from the 90s that had special effects. Especially with special effects. Yeah, yeah you're, you're so right. There's um, two things we need to breach before we finish this. Mm-hmm. The Wachowski sisters. Yes. That is a big theme as well they're talking about. Maybe. I, now, that's what I'm going to say. I'm, I'm not saying it to fucking talk disparagingly, but not in any way whatsoever. I didn't look at the film when I first seen it with any thought of somebody living in a different... No, no, but now that's all I see. That's all I seen the last time. I watched it about a year ago, and after obviously they had transitioned, and I went, "It's it's basically telling the story." You know, it really is. It's telling the story of of somebody who I think is is it gender dysmorphia. Is that Uh what it's called? Uh, Something like that. Yeah, where then just you're you're not in the right place, or you're not in the right body, or whatever case may be. And I was like, "Fuck, that's mind blowing." Because you can see, like Trinity meeting him in that nightclub for the first time, and he's like, "I thought you were a man," and she's like, "Man, I always think that." Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you're what but like there's so many yeah there's no nods now that you didn't see i definitely no. and i and as i say i've watched it so many times and it's things they got when whenever the 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 the, the wachowskis end up you know transitioning 
you're you come at it with fresh eyes again. It's like a brand new film. Yeah. You're like fucking hell. It's like you know, it's it's, it's amazing how. But Keanu done it. Reeves said it himself. He was like, I didn't see it. I've watched it again new, and now I see a whole other film. Yeah, and you do because if you take it with that theme in mind, mm-hmm. it takes on a whole new Does. world. Yeah. But the other thing we need to know about Tank. Yes. Where did Tank go, Connor? Tank was. Remember Joey Pants? Hit him with the Aye. fucking bzzzer, but then he gets up and hits Joey Pants with the bzzzer. Mm-hmm. He's not in the second one. He's not in the third one. He's not. He's uh, Dozer. Tank and Dozer. No. no. Dozer gets killed in the first one. Aye. They're the two brothers who were born in Zion and the, they yeah. were never part of the Matrix. Tank's not in in our films. There's a reason for that, Connor. Tank who wins. Does, who does Harold Perrineau play? He plays this the husband of Tank and Dozer's sister. Ah, uh, okay, right, okay, right. Yeah, and you know, I was like, wow, what's going on here? Tank is called Marcus Chong. That's uh-huh. his name. He's an actor who was paid $28,000 for the first Matrix. He's an unknown. Yeah. Under the, but okay. they give him a lot of screen time, so mm-hmm. he should have just been happy with that. For the second film, he came back. They offered him 400000 to mm-hmm. come back and do the sequel. Mark said, nah, one million. Whole Hanlon. Oh, no. So I'm just going to read some stuff right here, right? For Mark. Back in 2003, Chong filed a lawsuit against Warner Brothers claiming the studio breached the verbal agreement and signed a contract to bring Tank back for the Matrix sequels. He alleged the filmmakers defamed him and claimed he was blackballed in Hollywood following their feud. They countered that the actor made repeated threatening phone calls to Warner Brothers and the Wachowskis after a breakdown in talks over his salary. In his documentary, The Marcus Chong Story... Oh, no. ...which the actor posted to YouTube and it's still there. Oh, no. Chong claims that Warner Brothers producer Joel Silver, Keanu Reeves, and the Wachowskis broke the law and stole his royalties. It's a surreal 45-minute compilation which includes footage and stills from his various credits and ends with a surreal frenzied collage of pictures from his youth followed by screen grabs from news articles about those associated with the film. It gets better. Headlines detail how casting director... Mally Finn died in 2007. Mm-hmm. Her producer, Joel Silver, was sued and dropped from Warner Brothers. How Fishburne's daughter was arrested and how Reeves lost his wife in the years following The Matrix. It's inescapably vindictive and includes a series of transphobic images highlighting how Reeves dated a transgender woman and the Wachowskis transition to women. These are followed by pictures of Chong laughing. This year... <laughs> Chong published a book called The Kill-Off, which again goes into detail about what he says happened in The Matrix. It's likely that Chong's story will continue to be ignored, and it's not difficult to see why. It's important that abuses in Hollywood are called out and redressed, and there's probably some truth in his claims. However, his declarations are so seeped in resentment and aggression. With some proclamations, for example, that Warner Brothers tried to send an assassin to his house. Of course it is. So outrageous that they negate his whole case. It is worth noting here. That Marcus Chong is the son of Tommy Chong, of Cheech and Chong fame. He is not. He is. What? Adopted, but from birth. Holy sweet fuck. Tommy Chong's Wayne is just sitting out there going, I'm fucking better than everybody thinks I am, you know. Per Mark, (laughs) he he had a lot of hotboxing in his day, let's be honest. He has a lot of paranoid delusions. Of grandeur, which usually isn't the case with marijuana, if I'm going to But he seemed to go the wrong way. Well, I am not going to. Uh, I am not going to recommend you to watch the Matrix because you have to watch Mark Chong's documentary on Marcus YouTube, Chong. which is what I'm going to be watching tonight. Uh, uh, Marcus you, Chong, yeah, Marcus Chong. Okay. If you if you also want <laughs> to get into the deep weird shit, 
uh, try to avoid Matrix fan fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an entire season dedicated to Neo's passport expiry date, which is September 11th, 2001. Mm-hmm. Oh, and wow. everybody went berserk that they managed to pick a date which had a... Mm-hmm. But if you remember as well, the great George Carlin mm-hmm. filmed a comedy stand-up special over two nights in Vegas on September the 9th and September the 10th of 2001 mm-hmm. but had to shelve it. Why did he have to shelve it, do you think? First thought, mm-hmm. September 11th. Mm-hmm. No, it was called I Kind of Like It When A Lot Of People Die. <laughs> <laughs> so did he know? Georgie C. I love Georgie C. Uh, right, okay. Well, at this point, we were going to unplug ourselves. Going to find out about Marcus Chong. <laughs> Marcus Chonger. Ch- if you ever want to leave a job, <laughs> watch the Marcus Chong documentary and then leave the job. Yeah. Do it right. Uh, listen, thank you as always for listening in. We will be back again next week with another uh, episode of something. Um, but if you haven't uh, so far, go back and listen to our extensive extensive library of previous episodes library of classics and uh give us a wee review on including the- fast five mickey <laughs> <Fast> Barlow <five laughs> Mar- wants back but mickey barlow's been told <laughs> you're gonna have to up the fucking film game uh so yes we uh go and give us the reviews all that stuff share your stuff and uh send send us me- well don't send us messages send run the messages and love us <laughs> love me please <laughs> uh so yes it's goodbye for me we're going back in uh, out of the matrix now and it's There is no spoon.